Well, uh, as always, I want to welcome just everyone from all of our uh, locations and campus, as well as uh, wish my wife, who was just out here, by the way, a happy birthday, because it's her birthday. Um, so she doesn't need anything else. She's been milking me and the boys all weekend, just for the record. Uh, I'm not resentful at all, but I uh, just wanted to let you know uh, about that. Happy 29th, baby. Love you. And uh, it's good, good to see you. And uh, also want to kind of thank everyone that was just part of that story where they just were sharing a little bit of their story. And the reason why I say that is because that's kind of a snapshot of many of the life transformation stories that we've shared here at Journey over this last year. And, and what I love about each of these is every one of these people, this is a little, that was a little piece of a longer version of how each of them went through something difficult in their life and God stepped in either through prayer or his power or the church and help them overcome it. And every one of these stories are different. They're, they're stories uh, of people that kind of were away from Jesus and didn't want anything to do with God and then came into church and then through the love of God and the word of God and this community began to realize who Jesus was and, and gave their lives to him and experienced salvation. There, there are people in those stories that were walking through marriage issues and were headed to divorce and, and God transformed their marriage. There are people in that story walked through tragedy. And in the midst of the brokenness of this life and this world, God stepped into the darkness and gave them hope and strength and surrounded them with people to help them through these situations. There are people that have walked through hopelessness in, in this world that are now serving the Lord in purpose. There was one person in there that was walking through a life of crime and going in the wrong direction, and now they're actually serving at part-time staff at the church because God rescued and redeemed their story. And, and the reason why I love these stories is because it is amazing how powerful it is when we begin to share what God has done in our lives. Because at the end of the day, regardless of the circumstances, every story was the same. That these individuals walked through something difficult in their life, and in the midst of their pain, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of their separation of God, God stepped into their story and rescued and saved and redeemed them. And today I want you to understand something. Do you realize that you have a story, that every follower of Jesus has a story, and I want you to understand how powerful your story can be. Because we live in a world, I want you to see this, we live in a world that is broken. I don't even need to tell you that, just turn on the news, social media, like just get to know people, and you'll know this world's broken. It's overwhelming, right? It's uncertain. There's so much going on in this world. And every human being, I want you to understand this, is a mind, a body, and a spirit. It means, yeah, we have mind, we think, thank God for schools and education. It's really good. It helps that. And we have a, a body, physical body. Glad for CrossFit and, and, you know, taking care of it. It's all wonderful. But at the end of the day, our spirit is eternal. And we are not just mind. We're not just body. And if our spirit isn't ministered to, if God isn't connected to us, our soul, our spirit, as Jesus said, what good is it if someone gains the whole world and forfeits their soul? What can you exchange for your soul. And what we need to understand is that God is the only one that can actually impact and transform a person's spirit or soul. And what we are going to look at today is this, is that how God wants to use your story, what you've walked through in your life, how you've experienced God through the good, through the bad, through the struggles, through the pain, through all of this, to actually bring people into a relationship with God. In fact, what we're going to look at today is you're going to see how your stories actually can connect to your fourth purpose. Because we've been in a series over this last um, three weeks where we've been looking each week at trying to understand why did God create you? 
Like, if you ever wondered in life and you're here and there's, you, you exist and you're like, God, like in the cosmos, what was the reason for my existence? And we looked at that the first two weeks. It was because God wants to love you and be loved by you and he wants to transform the image of his son. And then we begin to move on. Okay, that's great. That's why I exist. But what am I here to do? Like, why am I on earth beyond to be loved and transformed? What is the purpose of my existence? God, what do you want me to do while I'm here on this earth? And last week we looked at the, 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 the reality, what Jesus spoke about more than anything else that's bring God's kingdom, his rule, and his reign to this earth. And today what I want to do is I want to look at the fourth purpose that you exist. In fact, you're going to discover of all the purposes, this is the one of them that you can only do now. Like this is one of these things that right now is the only time of your life and your existence you can actually fulfill this purpose. And I think this is one of the most important things that we can ever do. If that, this is the most important thing, by the way, that we can do while we're here on this earth. And here's, here's your fourth purpose you're gonna look at, and it's this. It's to bring people into God's family. That God loves the world so much and his heart and the desire is to bring everyone he can into his family to become children of God. Now, why is this important? Here's why. Because I think we live in a world sometimes that already believes this is happening. In other words, I think we live in a world, and I get it because it's just it's easier to, 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 to palate, to understand, is that we live in a world that maybe you've heard this expression before. Um, hey, we're all God's children. And it sounds really good. Like you, you, you Hallmark movie, you can see the moment, there's the card, you can, it's like you just, you love, we're all God's children. And it sounds so good, it feels really good. The problem is, it isn't true. And I don't mean that from my word, I'm gonna just tell you what God has said, because God, even though his desire is that everyone is his children, even though he loves everyone, the reality is not everyone is God's child. In fact, there's only one way to become God's child. Listen to what the scriptures say. Because if we don't understand the need we don't understand the importance of our purpose to bring people into his family. And here's what the Bible says, okay? Here it is. This TV is driving me nuts. There we go, all right. But to all who believed in him. So who is, it's like, to all the people who believed in who? Jesus, and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. So how do you become a child of God? By placing your faith in Jesus. Through everyone that's done that, they're a child of God. They are reborn. They're a new creation. There's something different than they were before they gave their lives to Jesus. Not with a physical birth resulting from a human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. In other words, not everyone's God's child, but that everyone who places their faith in Jesus is God's child. And this is such an important thing to understand, that yes, we're all God's creation. Yes, that God loves every one of us. We're all created His image, but we are not all his children. And, and the way that you become a child of God is what? To all who believed and accepted, who recognized Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. That's how we become part of the family of God. It's not by going to church. It's not because our parents did it. It's, it's not simply because we're a good person or anything. It's because you placed your what? Because you believed and you accepted Jesus. And now God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually adopt you to become part of my family, which means what? The people that don't have Jesus, God is not their father. 
He, they're not children of God. Do, do you understand the motivation where God's saying, I want you to bring people into my family? Like it's, it's not an area of judging them. It's a matter of going, hey, the invitation has gone out, but if they haven't accepted that invitation, if they're not even aware of that invitation because we've not shared that invitation, the reality is what happens. It's to all who believed and accepted, they become children of God. This is why probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible, you've seen it, right? For God, so what? Love the world. Who are the world? All, everyone, including the people that are not his children. So it's not this, like I'm angry at, no. I love the world so much that I gave my one and only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him, see the connection back to him, should not perish, but have eternal life. Once again, how do you have this eternal life? So now we're not just talking about being adopted, but now we're talking about where we spend eternity, this relationship with God. How do we do it? Well, it's only because uh, everyone who what believes in Jesus, his son, has eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. So God's heart is not to condemn and look at you, you're on the outside. No, but to save the world through him. There's an invitation out there going, I died for you. The invitation is to anyone and to everyone who accept me as Lord. I'll adopt you as my child. We'll spend eternity together if you will simply do that. But notice the next part of the verse that we often don't share. And here's what it is. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. We get that. But whoever does not believe... Whoever hasn't accepted Jesus stands condemned already. Their sins aren't forgiven because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. You see, not everyone's gonna spend eternity with God. Not everyone is going to become a child of God. And what you see central to all of this, how do we become into God's family? It's through faith in Jesus. How do we spend eternity with God as God's children? It's through faith in Jesus. Are you starting to understand that the, the purpose is you need to help people make this decision? The invitation is to everyone. And God says, I'm calling my children to to help bring people into my family. Because one day, whether we like it or not, there will come that moment we will all stand before God. And it isn't the good that get it. It's the people that have placed their faith in Jesus. So it's this. So we're not just talking about, I want you to see, once again, if you don't understand the reality, even though it's uncomfortable, that there are two groups of people, those that have a relationship with Jesus and are children of God and say, and those that are not. If you don't understand that reality, you don't understand your purpose to bring people into a family if you think it doesn't matter in the first place. In fact, not only this and this, not only does Jesus impact whether you're a child of God and the salvation of God, it also impacts, listen to this, I want you to hear this, the power of God in your life here on earth, not just one day. Look at this once again, I want you to see the scripture. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you, what, in the name of Jesus Christ, what did we do? We just did this today at our campuses. People were, went there and go, okay, I made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of my life. This is what Peter is saying we need to do. Notice the result, not just eternal life, but what? Uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God's presence in you. This promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off. That's us. All whom the Lord our God will call. Understand this. So, so through faith in Jesus, God forgives you of your sins, ends the separation between God and you, and the presence of God moves inside of you. Now, why is that relevant? Think about this. Because um, the Bible tells us that the result of the presence of God, the fruit of the Spirit, it is actually called, is this. is His love, His joy, His peace, His patience, His kindness, His self-control, the ability to overcome things. By the way, the authority over the enemy. And all of these things happen inside of a person when what? 
Well, when they repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, when they place their faith in Jesus, is the key, listen to this, not just getting the next life, but the power and the authority they need to thrive in this life. And what is the center? It's Jesus. You, in other words, when, when, I, when I'm saying to you, hey guys, our, our heart is to bring people into the family of God. What I'm talking about is I want them to be adopted. I want them salvation. I want them to have the power of God. And at the end of the day, there's only one way. All of this is through Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself made the statement, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Like, like, I just want us to understand this because I know this is sometimes hard and we, we live in a world and I get it and it's, it, it's not a bad, you're not bad. But I think there's a part of us that just has this belief that everything's just okay and everyone's going to a better place and everyone's God's child. If that were the case, then why in the world would God send his son to a cross? Like if it wasn't essential, if you didn't need it, that would be kind of sadistic for God to send his son to get tortured and die on the cross if it really wasn't relevant to your salvation, to your relationship with God, and having the power of God in your life. And the reason why I say that is this, is because sometimes we have to wrestle with the reality that is uncomfortable, but real. And that if God is not a liar, if Jesus is not a liar, then one day what will separate people what will, will separate them from God. What, what the only way to heaven, the only way to the presence of God, the power of God to be adopted in the family of God is through this faith in Jesus. Then wouldn't it make sense, just hear this, wouldn't it make sense that part of our heart and biggest passion in our lives should be to help people experience this relationship with Jesus? Like, Father, this is why the church is the most important organization on planet Earth. Like, there, there are schools that can help the mind. There's gyms and businesses that can feed people and help the body. But there's only one organization that can connect people to God, and that's Jesus and his church. That's you, by the way, as a community. And this is why when Jesus would go up to heaven, the very last thing he would tell you, I want you to see this is your purpose. I want you to understand this because this is so important. Like, we got to understand how important it is for us, what's at stake with us bringing people into this relationship with God, that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world, that God sent the invitation out for everyone, and that anyone that places their faith in him, they become children of God. They spend eternity with God. They get the power and the presence of God, and everyone that has not done that doesn't have any of that. And this is why Jesus looked to the church, and he tells us, listen to what he tells his followers. The very last thing is he was going up to heaven. Here's what he speaks over you because he understands. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. What's a disciple? Someone that believes in Jesus and follows Jesus. Go make disciples of all nations, everyone, everywhere, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you hear the heart of Jesus? He's like, hey guys, listen, I'm leaving. I've done all of this because God loves people so much. I've given you the message. I've given you the authority. I've given you the power. I've given you the community called the church. Now go out to everyone and let them know the invitation that waits them, that God wants to adopt them, that God wants to forgive them, that God wants to empower them. And all of this is through faith in Jesus Christ. It is such an important reality to understand. And if you study the history, the men and women that saw this and understood this would step out into the Roman Empire and they would go to their death proclaiming this message. 
That they would be beaten. They'd be thrown in the Colosseum. They'd be put in jail. They would lose their business and their life. They'd be stoned and tortured. All to go out to a world because they understood the current reality that there's lost and there's found. That there's people with Jesus and without Jesus. And at the end of the day, the people without Jesus were not children of God. They didn't have the spirit of God. And they weren't going to spend eternity with God. And the love and the compassion for these people drove their lives. They understood their purpose was to go out and bring people into the family of God through faith in Jesus. Now, here's the thing that I want us to process as a church. A lot of us get that. Like I wanted to remind some of us because I think sometimes we get through this world and we just kind of, we, we kind of drift a little bit from understanding the biblical worldview and what Jesus taught. And it gets more comfortable to think what the world teaches, which we're all children, everyone's good, everyone's gonna be fine, everyone's going to a better place. And so every once in a while, we need, we need to let God's word speak to us to remind us the reality, whether we like it or not. And so today what I really wanna focus on is so then, well, if this is your purpose, how do I help you do it? Because I think a lot of people would love to help people who don't know Jesus come to faith in Jesus, right? Like, I think it's not that we don't have the heart for it. It's the question that I don't know how to do it. And the reality is there's a lot of ways. I mean, you can invite people to church. It happens all the time. People invite people to church. They could come. That's a way. You can, you can serve people. Jesus, how you will love them. They will know that you're, you know, that you're my, my children as long as that loving is connected to who Jesus is. People are just kind. They have no idea. Well, like, as God says, hey, let your deeds shine before men. So that people, once again, give praise to the heavenly father. But if they don't know, if we, if we leave Jesus's name out of it, we can do nice things. But once again, they don't connect with God. Um, we can serve at the church because that's, that's a great way uh, to do it. We can share the gospel, the good news like I just did. There's the verses if you need them. Um, do that. But, but today what I want to do is I want to talk about in my own life, probably the most powerful way of all that I have used personally, that means not on this stage, but like in my day-to-day -day activities from business to neighbors, um, to reach people. And you know what it is? It's sharing my story. Notice that I want you to understand is that so many people freak out and go, oh my gosh, what if they ask me all these questions? What if I don't know the answer to that? I get all, I understand all that. What if it's really uncomfortable? I get, but what I want you to understand is that every one of you have a story. Meaning if you're saved, God saved you and gave you his mercy. If you've ever had an answer to prayer, you've got an answer to prayer. If God's done something in your marriage, if he's done something in your business, if he's done something with your anxiety or your fear, whatever it is, what I want you to see is that you have a story and if you would ever get into the habit of sharing your story, what God has done with you, I'm telling you, you'd be shocked at how much God can use your story to bring people into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ and the impact that you could have. In fact, what I want to do now is I want to look at a moment in history where Jesus comes across someone that's away from him, doesn't have a relationship with God, and then how Jesus shows him and reveals himself who he is, does something incredible in this individual's life, and at the end of the story, you're going to see one thing, that the one thing that Jesus asked him is go share your story with other people because Jesus understood the power to have. So let's look at this story because I want to learn some things from it. It's found in the book of Mark chapter five, and we're gonna walk through the story together in order to help you begin to learn how to share your story. Here we go. Um, they, that's Jesus and the, the 12 disciples, they went across the lake to a region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of a boat, a man with an impure spirit, okay, it's a little freaky, I get that, I understand that, um, came from the tombs, it gets worse, to meet him. 
This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Starting to look like, like Friday the 13th horror movie, right? He had often been chained hand and foot. He tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Some of you are like, it's not Halloween yet. This is a little freaky. I just came to church and now we're talking to some demon guy in the tunes, cutting himself, breaking chains. This is really, really weird and uncomfortable. And I would leave right now, but it would be more weird if I got up and walked out right now. <laughs> Listen, I, I understand it's weird. I get it. I, I, there's a spiritual world that is hard to understand. I, quite honestly, I'm not sure that every, anyone fully understands everything when it comes to the spiritual world. But here's what I do know, that 80% of people, at least in our nation, 80% would go, no, I, I believe in a spiritual realm of sorts, right? I believe in angels or I believe in God. Um, but listen to this. The, the, the same Bible that tells you there's God and angels tell you there's demons, Right, which are simply fallen angels. One third of the angels were told in the Bible rebelled against God and are cast down this earth and roam around trying to mess people up and that there's Satan. In fact, that Jesus was in the desert, you can read his own story, having a conversation with Satan, the accuser, the tempter, that was out there trying to get him outside of the will to do not what God, his father, had called him to do, to get him to miss out on what God's plan was for his life, which is ultimately become the right hand of the father in heaven. And, and so what I want you to understand is I get it's kind of weird, but we need to understand it. Even though it's weird, doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you don't understand it does not mean it is not real. I don't understand how a camera is filming me right now, going up into some satellite somewhere, coming down from another satellite into a little box, into another projector, which has been projecting the image in perfect time with perfect audio all over the world. I don't understand it, but I know it's real. And this is a lot of the spiritual world. What I want you to understand is the Bible tells you, you can decide to believe that or not. The Bible tells you that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In other words, we wrestle against rulers and authorities and principalities from the heavenly realms. In other words, God says, let me tell you something that you don't understand. And that is that you're in a spiritual battle. In fact, we say this at the church, you're a spiritual being in a spiritual battle against a spiritual enemy. And God's given you spiritual weapons to overcome him. And I'm telling you something right now. I know it's uncomfortable, but let me tell you something. It is the truth. And so here, what we have in this individual, we have this person in here and they're sitting there and he struggled and he's got some sort of spiritual thing going on him and he's breaking chains and cutting himself. He's in a tomb. He's freaking out everyone in the town, you know, and they're, they're trying to bind him up and they can't do that. Now, here's why I say this. There's a very good chance that none of you are going to ever come in contact with this guy. So I'm really like, I dated that guy in college, maybe, but... <laughs> Like, I've never been, I've never been to like, like, first of all, I don't hang out in cemeteries just for the record, but if I were to go to a cemetery and I saw some dude ripping out chains and cutting himself in blood, I'm leaving. I'm not even staying to have a conversation. So a lot of us look at that and go, well, that's not really relevant to me, but here's why I want to challenge you. Yes, it is. And here's why. Because the enemy uses more than one tactic to take people out. And it's not always the, the freaky kind of thing. We see the demons us and the head spins, whatever that is, and they're wearing 666 on their head. Do, do you know that the enemy also uses fear and anxiety to attack people? It's like, you know what the Bible says? It's the spirit of fear. And the enemy actually can place in your thoughts fear and anxiety. And let me tell you why. In other words, that people are still battling the enemy even though they're not in a tomb cutting themselves. 
The, the, the Bible tells us too, by the way, the enemy is the accuser of brethren, that he basically, um, you ever have those thoughts in your head that makes you feel like you're horrible and you're evil and God couldn't love you. And if he ever knew, if anyone ever knew, no one could, I'm unlovable because that's why, well, you know, the enemy actually just uses our past and brings it up over and over. It's the same spiritual enemy, right? It's just, we're just not in a tomb looking weird, but we're still battling our own demons on the inside. There are things like lust and pride and addiction and unforgiveness, right? That was one of the stories you heard is somebody couldn't let go of their past and that unforgiveness was torturing them and affecting their relationship. And here's why I say this, because even though there's a good chance we're not going to experience this, there is a world around us, especially remember people that don't have the relationship with God, just for the record, right? They don't have the relationship with God. They don't have the authority over that enemy. And they're walking this world. The enemy's wreaking havoc on their thoughts, their emotions, their marriages, and their families, and in the same way you'll see Jesus redeem this person, God's called us to bring them into the family of God to help them. And so we continue as we go. Uh, the next verse, we go like this. So when, when he, this demon-possessed guy, saw Jesus from a distance, and I love this part, he fell on his knees in front of him. So this is the demon, by the way. Look at this. He shouted at the top of his voice. The demon's actually speaking. It gets weirder. I know you're freaked out. It's okay. Um, but what do you want with me, Jesus? Notice the fear the demon had. Son of the most high God. See, the guy didn't know who Jesus was, but the demon understood the spiritual realm and authority. In God's name, the demon says, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Now, first of all, I love this for a moment because you just, you get a glimpse as much as the evil world and demons freak you out, it's kind of neat to see them in the presence of Jesus go, I'm terrified for my life, please, 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 and begging for their lives, right? Because it freaks me out a little bit and I don't fully understand that world, right? I really don't because I haven't seen that. I don't, one day we will, but we don't. But I love the fact that you see Jesus in the presence of this guy and this demon's like, oh my gosh, look who it is, the son of God begging and pleading on his knees, terrified in the presence of Jesus. Why is this relevant? Look at this verse. I want you to see this verse. You belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over this. Why? Because the spirit who lives in you, remember what happens when you get saved? The presence of Jesus, God's Jesus spirit, God's spirit lives in you. What is this? Is greater than the spirit in the world. Because as freaky as the enemy is, he does not have authority over the God inside of you. And I want you to hear this. But listen, but listen, listen. But the people who don't have Jesus and don't have that spirit, the spirit of God in them, guess what? They don't have authority over the enemy. And this is what's happened in this man's life. And by the way, this is what happens in so many people's lives is the enemy, somehow we've opened a door, whatever that door might be. And now the enemy is wreaking havoc in your mind and your emotions and your relationships. But people that don't have the spirit of God in them do not have authority. They are not greater than the enemy and the enemy can do what they want with him. And I want you to see this because it's so powerful. So here this guy is. He's on his knees. The demon's pleading and the president terrified because of, of Jesus and how great Jesus is. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. It gets even freakier. He replied, for, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Another translation says, into the abyss, wherever these people, demons go when they're not with people. And evidently these, these spiritual beings are looking 
And I want you to hear this. They're looking for ways to have access to our lives. They don't want to be in the abyss. They want to be. They're looking for doors for us to open. Be careful in the doors we open to the enemy because it is real. And so once again, this is begging. He's pleading. Jesus, please, 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 please. That he recognized the authority of who Jesus was. He's been torturing and torturing. They've been torturing and torturing this man. And I love what happens next. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs and allow us to go into them. So he gave them permission, notice the authority, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were all drowned. Talking, of, could you imagine watching this, how freaked out you would be? <laughs> I mean, we're reading a story, it's like, this is a little weird. Could you imagine like sitting there with your kids in the park and you're watching this go down? Pretty crazy stuff. By the way, if you think the Bible's boring, you haven't read it. Just, just, just telling you. Okay, but, but look, at, look at their response. I want you to see this. Well, those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. Look at this. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, I want you to just process this for a moment, okay? Just, just, I want you to just process for a moment, okay? They come in, and they, they see this, and they're like, that's, that's the weird naked dude that's been in the, like, we've had to, like, bind up, and he breaks chains, and he freaks people out, and then all kinds of weird things. And, and we weren't powerful enough. And, and this guy in this robe comes off this boat with 12 fishermen, and he walks up, and he speaks a word. And here this man was in contact with a greater authority and a greater power than this other power, which we know was so powerful that we couldn't even control it or contain it. And there he's sitting in the right mind and all these pigs are dead and they're floating in the ocean and they begin to what? They begin to freak out. They're afraid. They're not happy. They're like, oh, we're so glad Johnny over here is finally free, you know? I'm tired of binding that guy. Property values just went up in the region. The realtors are loving it. <laughs> they're They're terrified. I want you to see this. They're terrified at the power and the authority of Jesus. Like, I want you to understand. So all they know of Jesus is the authority and the power. They don't understand the goodness of God. They don't see the kindness. They don't see that he's a good God, not just a powerful God. All they see is what manner of authority and power could accomplish this. There's 2,000 dead pigs floating. There's a naked guy who's not clothed. He used to be dead. I mean, this is, we were freaked out. And notice what they do next. And so they begin to be afraid. And here's what they say next. Look at this. Those, who'd been, um, those who had seen it told the people how it happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs. Then, then the people began to plead with Jesus, listen to this, to leave the region. Why? Because they were afraid. Now, once again, I, I, I say this because so often in our lives, we hear the story of this naked guy cutting himself, demons, you know, blood, and you're like, oh, this is irrelevant to my life. I'm never going to experience that. I hope you don't, actually. But here's what I want you to see, because this is a lot more relevant than you realize. There's a community of people that God loves that Jesus loved. He took a boat ride just to go reach them. You'll see that in a moment, okay? And these people that God loves that are not children of God because they haven't accepted Jesus, they don't have the spirit of God, they have no authority over the enemy, and they're not going to spend eternity with God. They're outside of the family of God, and here's what happens. They don't understand who Jesus is, and their response to him is because I don't know who you are, all I see is your power, your might, I'm afraid of you. I want to distance myself from you. Here's why I say this. Do you not think the world has a wrong view of who Jesus is? 
We live in a county with 90% of the people that go to no church. In fact, a couple years ago, we were the most never church county in all of America. And I think us and Christ Fellowship and there's some churches that have band together and we're making an impact on that. We're no longer, which I think is pretty awesome. But we are still one of the most never church, more people separate than any county in America. And I want you to see this. Why? Because so many people have the wrong view of Jesus, don't they? They've seen the guy on TV take their money, have the affair, you fill in the blank what that is. Maybe they grew up in the church and the priest did that or this, that. In other words, people misrepresented God and the response was, Jesus, I see, all, I see your buildings all around. I see the traffic jam and they were people coming in for miles. But I don't want anything to do with that. And so here are these people. They've been exposed to Jesus, but they don't really know who he is. And they're like, Jesus, here's the thing. Like, yeah, great. Um, we'll send you the bill for the pigs, but we want you to go because we're terrified of who you are. And I want you to notice what happens next, because here we get to the story. Look at this. And Jesus is getting in the boat, and the man had been deemed possessed, begged to go with him. Of course he did. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. What does he say? I want you to go back and tell your story. And notice this. And now he's had, what's that word? Speak it out with me. And how he's had mercy on you. What was their primary view of Jesus? Fear. They knew the power. He didn't go tell them how powerful. No, we've seen that. Here's what you need to know. They need to know how I've loved you. They didn't know my grace. They didn't know my mercy. So here's what I want you to do, Mr. Guy, who's like that a really, you know, I want you to go back. I don't want you to come with me. I want you to go out to the 10 cities that you're surrounded. All know who you are. And I want you to share the story of the mercy and the power and the authority that I've given you. And then I love the end of the story. So the man went away and began to tell him, tell in the Decapolis, which means 10 cities around their massive impact, how much Jesus had done for him. And I love this. And all the people were what? They're amazed. They weren't afraid. That they, they didn't like, oh, we don't want anything to do with Jesus. No, no, we want to see your, we want to hear your story. Like Jesus did that for you. And, and it took these 10 cities, which by the way, Jesus would send his church into afterwards where they would fully get the understanding of who Jesus really was. And he was kind of priming the pump and getting them all ready. And he's telling this one guy, hey, listen, I want you to go and I want you to share your story. And these people that didn't want anything to do with me and are afraid of me are now amazed by me. They're open to learn who I am. And here's what I want to challenge. Here's the question. Um, did Jesus tell him, hey, listen, I want you to go share your story. Before you do, I got a seminary class. I want to teach you more about the Bible because you can't really do that unless you know like this. And listen, they're going to ask you really hard questions like, you know, how did God, did God create the earth in seven days or is it seven periods of time? You might need to know that. Hey, is it creation or evolution? I just want to know why does bad things happen to good people? Um, I know there's some questions you really need to know. So you're just going to have to stay with me for a while, learn all the answers to their questions, and then you go back and make a difference. What do you tell them? No, you don't know a lot, but here's what you know. You, you've experienced me. And I just want you to know right now that you sharing the story of what I've done in your life is what I need you to do because it's gonna open the door for people to not reject me, but seek me out so I can bring them into my family through the power of your story. Do you know that you have the power in your story? And quite honestly, if you think, well, yeah, but I've never been like, you know, demon possessed and thing. I don't, that's not my story, that's great. Because most people, they're not gonna relate to that in the first place, are they? Do you have a story of what God's done in your marriage? Doing? Do you, do, you, do you have a valley you've walked in your life and the peace of God got you through? Do you have salvation? 
do you realize the power you have by just opening up and going, here's what God's done in my life? Like, I, like I said, so many people have this idea that like, oh, I want to reach you for Jesus, but like to, to walk through everything, it's so confusing. What if they ask me? I'm telling you, there's just power to story. In fact, a few weeks ago, I was at this dinner and a, and a friend of mine um, has got this business and they're looking to expand and do some really, really cool things. And so there's this huge business meeting going on with these investors and be a part of it. And, and he says, hey, I, I, can you just come and join me in this dinner? And it's going to be me and you and one other person from my company and a company from this company. And we're looking to do this big thing. It's really important to me because of the, you know, global impact that this decision will have. And I said, okay, I'll go. And I'll never forget this. I'm showing up at this business meeting. I don't even know a lot about this particular business. I'm not, it's not my area of expertise. And we're sitting around this dinner table and I'm kind of honestly wondering why I'm there. He's a friend, so I went, but I'm kind of going, okay, why am I here? I get a free steak at least, so what could go wrong? And he introduces me and he goes, hey, I want you to introduce you to the table. And he goes, here's this one guy that works for me and here's, um, here's my pastor. And the reason why I want my pastor there is because my faith actually matters to me. It's a big part of what we do in my company uh, and it's been a big part of my life. And so my pastor actually comes from the business world so he, this people could understand, at least I would know what they were talking about. Um, and he left the business world and sold his companies and um, basically is a volunteer in our church and started this church to reach people. And this church changed my life and it's impacted people all over the world. And so I just want him here just for his prayer and discernment in this decision process because I bring God into what I do in my business. That was it. It wasn't too offensive. And then he went, went on and the other people, entered, everyone introduced yourself. And I sat there for about an hour and a half just eating steak and onion rings and drinking Coke to stay awake because it was a long day. And they were way over my head in their conversations. They're way smarter and successful than me when it comes to this world and this type of industry. I'm just sitting there. And about 90 minutes to two hours into the meeting, the guy that's the chief head of all of this, I mean, globally, one of the biggest um, capital investors in the country, by the way, in the whole country, stops and he says, hey, listen, um, can we take a break from this business meeting? Because Scott, I'd, I'd like to hear more of your story. Because I, I've searched for things in faith in my life right now. And I'm just curious, what is it that moved you to kind of step out of that world or step into this church world? And I began to just share my story. And once again, all this was is just people. We never pushed anything. We never shoved. It was literally going, hey, this is what God's done in my life. And I just shared them. I was in my 20s and I, I, I was not happy with who I was and I wasn't the best person. And, and I remember the story in the Bible that Jesus taught about the prodigal son and how God could love someone even though they messed up. And I realized that God actually loved me and I didn't love, I didn't know how he could. And it made me realize I, I want to get to know this God. So I started studying the Bible. I started learning and praying. I started getting involved in church. And I started, um, re you know, reading the scriptures over and over again and got into small groups and started serving. And next thing I know, God started changing my heart and changing my heart and changing my heart. And, and then it got to the point in my life where God changed me completely who I was. And I, I was so grateful. And, and what I really wanted in my life from that point forward, money was no longer my chief motivator. I, want, I wanted more people to know who this Jesus was. I wanted them to experience what I experienced. So we set out to start a Bible study a small group, my house, and, and God just started moving in it. And, and then we started serving the community. And now we help people all over the world. And now thousands of people are a part of this. And, and God has just blessed our, our church. And we just love helping people learn about God because we believe he can change his life. And that was it. I, I didn't tell them what they had to believe. I didn't tell them anything. I was good. He just thanked me. Oh, I'm really fascinated about that. And then at the end of the night, like another hour or so later, it was a long dinner. <laughs> but I'm proud of you, by the way. You know who you are for bringing God into your business. But 
at the end of the night, we're, we're walking out and going home. I had left at like, I was on the West Coast in the early that morning when I say it was a long day. Drove all the way back just in time to get to this, this dinner for this friend. And, and this guy grabs me out in the parking lot and just says, hey, I'd love to continue this conversation sometime. I really want to learn more. I'm interested in, in this. Here's why I say this. It was just a story. Like, I, like it wasn't uncommon. I didn't go, hey, listen, if you were dying out, you know where you go? Nothing wrong with that, by the way. If that works, I'm not, that's not. What I'm just saying is some people get so worried about, some people get so worried about, he never asked me, well, tell me something. I don't understand. There's a discrepancy in these two verses in the Bible. And I just don't understand. Like, Could you explain me the Greek or Aramaic? I just want to know why there's bad things happening to good people. We may get to those points in our conversation. That's great. The church can help you out, small group leader. But here's what I want you to understand. It's amazing how just simply sharing the reality of what God's done in my life connected with what he was walking through in his life and goes, I'm interested in this God. And I just want you to understand the power God's given you in your story. That there are people that you have contact and relationship with. I will not. They will never come in these doors unless you inspire them and your story is a way to do it. Like, like maybe, maybe you could just share your story by, by, first of all, you have to learn it. Like you have to ask that question. What has God done in my life? You have to have it. You need to actually write it down. Like begin to ask you, well, God saved me. And then what did he do? How is he? Like get it ready. And then you could just bring it into conversations. There's lots of ways to do that. I mean, there's a, hey, we're doing this late ladies conference. Man, I just, I'm going to the women's conference this, this week. My church is holding. Man, God really helped me through this time in my life. And it's amazing how God was there. See, see what I'm saying? It's just a story. You, you, could, you could just share your story. Maybe it's something you could do on social media, by the way. Like, like maybe it's as simple as going, man, I'm just, my, my kids are part of student ministry. We had 500 students show up on a Wednesday night and, and, and just get mentored and learn about God and pursue their faith. And I'm so excited to be in church. Put that on social media. You know how many parents are out there going, I need something for my kids? Do you understand the power I want you to see? And it doesn't have to be so uncomfortable. You don't have to have all the answers. Nothing wrong with getting that. And at some point it's good to learn that. But what I'm saying is there's power in your story. And yet so many of us don't share it. And I just want to encourage you. If your purpose is to bring people into God's family and you have a story, you've been saved and you've been rescued. Here's my challenge to you. When's the last time you shared it? Because God wants to use it. And it doesn't have to be, like I, I didn't tell the guy, man, I used to be naked in a cemetery cutting myself and breaking chains and then Jesus saved my life. No, just this is my story. This is what God did for me. And it connected with him and God connected this people and had this all orchestrated for a purpose because God loves this individual and he wants a relationship with them and he wants to step into God's family. And all I needed to do is be faithful enough to be willing to just share my story. So my challenge to you, what, what if every week, for those of you that, man, it's hard, okay, but, but here's the thing, all of you are followers, so why not just share? What if every week you'd have your family go, hey, listen, just do a selfie and say, hey, listen, I'm at church because fa faith and family matter to us. What if you were to just celebrate, share some of the sermon clips? Every week, follow us on social media. You follow me on social media. Every single week, we take a few moments of this. We share it. I've had people in Orlando just grab me and say, hey, I've never been to your church. But someone shared one of the messages in there and it really ministered. I've shared that. with them. See, it's still a way. And my heartbeat is this. Just hear me out. Hear me out. If the scriptures are true, if God is not a liar, and in one day, what will separate people eternity from God is Jesus and faith in him. If the only way to get the spirit of God in people to overcome is faith in Jesus and repentance, as the scriptures say. If the only way to be adopted by a child, to become a child of God is through faith in Jesus. Don't you think it's important for you 
to share your story, to get over the fear, to have the boldness. It doesn't have to be awkward or weird or uncomfortable. It can literally be that simple to go, I just want to share what God has done in me and share that story. In fact, there's a way you could do it here. We have a slide that's up um, here. GoJourneyChurch.com, share your story. Write it out. That's a great way to practice it. We might even use one of those stories to share it with someone else. Maybe one of those videos one day can reach up to 10,000 people with your story. Some of the things that you've walked through in your life, other people have, and God wants to use you to do it. Because listen to this. There's a lot at stake with us. And my heart and my prayer as a church is that we become people that are in tune with the reality that 90% of our county is away from the Lord. They don't need another school. They, they, they don't need another you know, business to give them money. What They need Jesus more than anything else. He is the only one to save their soul, the only one to adopt them. He's the only one to transform the life the way that it is. And God has empowered you and called you as his church to simply share your story. So here's my challenge. Go share your story this week. Start with social media. Share something today, some, something that impacted you at church this weekend. Just let people know there. Do that every week. Why? What? That takes you 30 seconds. You can impact hundreds of people. Look for that conversation at work to share what God has done. Pray for someone. Just walk up and say, hey, I prayed for you. Really pray. Don't lie about that, by the way. Really actually pray for them. But, but, but actually pray for them. Just say, hey, listen, I pray for you today. You never know what can do that. And then you give you opportunity to share your stories. So let me just pray over us. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to save us. God, it's so easy to get distracted in this world. It really is. And God, we all have a story to tell. You rescued, you saved us, you transformed us. God, give us the boldness. Open our eyes to see the spiritual realm as truth. May we begin to truly understand the power. What's at stake with us sharing the story? Give us the fervency, God. If we need to open up more services and more camp, whatever we need to do to reach people for you, God. May we be your church. May we fill the purpose you've created. And may through sharing of our story, invite people to this church, to you, so that they could become part of the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.